Welcome back to the Matching Ed Podcast. This is the only podcast for you single folks who are trying to prepare for the matching and blessing and have a smashing marriage in the future. So we're going to be talking about sexual integrity today, specifically, what are the harms of pornography? All right. And the reason we're talking about this is because it is an enormous roadblock for almost every single matching candidate that goes through the to the blessing and uh, through the matching process and we have some statistics that i'm going to show you later in this presentation about how many people in our movement actually are using porn and masturbating men and women and uh, before we get to that let's talk about these two fine people true father and true mother who talk a lot about absolute sex and what is the in the the ideal intent and use for our sexual organs so let's see what they have to say here we go Religions teach us to live a sexually abstinent life as a shield against immoral love. The flesh can be an enemy, and this enemy has three great weapons, eating, sleeping, and sexual desire. I have faced all of these. You have no idea how much I struggled, how many tears I shed to overcome them. In order to make the indemnity conditions to conquer these, you have to do whatever it takes, true father. Whatever it takes, guys, whatever it takes. He also says, religion is the training ground where we learn to control our body, and its physical desires with the mind. <clears throat> it is the training ground where we cultivate ourselves to become original people in accordance with the ideal of creation. No one, though, can conquer the body without welcoming God in, into him or herself. Only with the power of God's true love and truth can the mind become the subject partner, take command of the body as its object partner, and realize the ideal of oneness with God. The result is the human perfection that all religions speak of. True Father also said that. All right, so here are the harms of porn. And by the way, if you think you know the harms of porn already, trust me, you don't. At least I hope that you have not thought about them in the perspective that we're gonna be presenting today. That is my goal. These are harms of porn, porn to you specifically. I'm making this for people that are struggling. Uh, if you know people that, or you have a friend, quote unquote, <laughs> that is struggling with porn addiction, you can send them this presentation. All right, but here we go. And also I'm gonna talk, talking about how to quit because I don't wanna just give you guys a bunch of mumbo jumbo on the harms of porn without actually giving you practical stuff. Just some context, guys. Uh, I talk almost every day with people who are addicted to porn every single day. Uh, so, um, and I have been for about seven years now and it's been a, kind of a passion of mine to help people go through, uh, have sexual integrity. So uh, yeah, I've seen very much so what works and what doesn't work. And uh, I wanna give that all to you guys right here. So first of all, a better question to ask is what is the purpose of our sexual organs, all right? And this will help us paint the picture and frame how to actually quit porn and what are the harms of it. Chipotle says, in my strenuous efforts to find the answer to the fundamental problems of humankind and the root of the universe, I realized it was the sexual organs. Ooh. Once I realized it was them and thought the whole matter through, I found that the harmony of heaven and earth was swirling around the sexual organs. This, it is an amazing fact. Wow. Okay, so you might be feeling like this, some of you, right? A little awkward, a little shifty eyed, a little, what is this, what is this all about? I didn't know that porn was even a thing. Or you might be feeling, I have a porn habit and I didn't think anyone would ever confront me about this. Uh, if that's you, this presentation is for you. And uh, I hope to make this as uh, comfortable as possible without um, demeaning the actual issue at hand, right? So here are some big questions that you might have. Big, big questions, right? Here we go. What is porn and masturbation? First of all, if you have to ask this question, please talk to your parents, okay? <laughs> there you go. Why should I care about quitting porn? <clears throat> Everyone is doing it and it seems pretty normal. Right? Everyone's doing it. What's wrong with just a little porn? This is a big thing, especially if you're down down uh, the rabbit hole of a porn 
a porn addiction or porn habit, you might be asking, uh, what's wrong with just a little bit, even if it's occasional? I'm not that addicted. If you even think it's possible to quit porn, is it even possible? I've tried everything. You might be in a place where you have tried absolutely everything under the sun that you can imagine to quit, but I just have not seen any success. Is it even possible for me to quit? Trust me, guys, I have been there. Uh, and I'm going to be making this presentation for you. Why do I keep going back to it even though I don't want to? This is an interesting question. Why do we continue to do things that are bad for us even though we don't want to? Even though we are men and women of faith, of high standard and moral value, we continue to do things that we don't enjoy. Why is this? How do I actually stop? Ooh, interesting. How do we stop? If, if you ask any of these questions, this presentation is for you. There you go. Hey, Michael Scott, what you going to do? All right. What we will cover in this presentation is simply the real hardens of porn, number one. Number two, some real stories of victory because I gotta break the belief for you guys that quitting porn is impossible or too difficult to do. We're gonna cover some real stories. Number three, why do I watch porn even though I don't want to? Hmm, good question. Number four, we're gonna cover what's wrong with just a little porn, all right? I'm gonna tackle this question head on. And number five, how do I stop watching porn? All right, the real harms of porn, let's start here. Let me ask you guys first, what are the harms of porn? Now I'm gonna ask you this question. I want you to write some down, uh, just some thoughts of your own to let your gears start turning and actually make a, a, a clear argument against this in, for yourself, all right? Pause the video if you need to. All right, let's move forward. If you need some help to figure out what the harms of porn, let me ask you this. What are the harms of eating junk food, all right? If you were, if you were to theoretically eat this food, lollipops, peanuts, <laughs> chips, Coca-Cola, French fries, burgers, pizza, and popcorn every day for a year, what would happen to you? Think about that for a second. What would happen to you? Well, number one, you would be unhealthy physically. Number two, you would be dependent on this type of food. And number three, you would not know what healthy food tastes like. Because if you ate all this food every day and then you went back home and you had your mom's, your mama's or your dad's, you know, chicken noodle soup that has no salt in it, it wouldn't taste like anything. And you would be desensitized to anything that is remotely healthy in any shape or form. That's the real dangers of junk food, okay? So you can think to the same extent of porn. If you do this stuff on a frequent base or infrequent base even, you develop a dependency on it because you don't know how to not live with it. And the reason that most people develop a porn addiction, mind you, is because of emotional issues, emotional triggers that are not dealt with in the moment, right? Let's think about this logically. This also applies to junk food and any other addiction, by the way. The reason that an addiction is formed is because of mood regulation, all right? This is how a dependency is formed. Let me ask you this. The last time you watched porn, right, what, were, what was the emotional state that you were in that day? How did you respond to that emotion? I'm willing to bet that it was some, something to do with stress or anxiety or boredom or loneliness or feeling unloved or just having a really, really low day. Right, And we like to point fingers at the external things and say that that was the trigger. Usually when I ask people what's your trigger to watch porn, they usually say what? They say YouTube, they say Instagram, seeing people at the gym, seeing people at the mall. Those are all contributors to triggers, but that's actually not the real trigger. What is actually going on is that there is an internal trigger that happens before you see something. And I can prove this because sometimes when you're on Instagram, you don't notice all the triggery sexual content. Sometimes when you're on YouTube, you don't notice. Sometimes when you're at the gym or at the mall or down the street, you don't notice the sexual things, right? But sometimes you do, which means that there's a difference, there's a, there's a factor that's contributing to both these situations that is different. And that factor is, my friends, your internal state when you see the thing, okay? So let's establish firm, firmly 
that the trigger that's actually causing you to watch porn is not the external thing. And if you just focus on eliminating the external thing through software, through temporary band-aid solutions, which will help to an extent. But if you don't address the internal trigger, the internal reason that you choose to do something that you don't want to do and that is destructive to you, then you will always fail because you'll always be addressing the wrong thing. And the correct thing to address is your internal state. The internal state that you were in when you saw the external thing. That is your actual trick. And for most people, it is stress, anxiety, boredom. Shame, actually, is a big thing. Okay, so we're going to get into that. Number two big reason that porn is harmful is because it's addictive, if you have not noticed. Now, there's a reason that <clears throat> when people start watching porn, they don't think that in 10 years from now, in 20 years now, in 30 years from now, that they'd still be addicted. There's a re reason it's an addiction. There's a reason that people that require a pack of cigarettes every day just to function didn't plan on that. People who smoke, you know, <clears throat> a pack a day do not plan on doing that when they first start. When you first start watching porn, you don't plan on being addicted for most of your life. It's addictive for a reason, all right? Number three, the reason it's harmful is because it causes a lot of emotional instability and numbness, like I mentioned before. I'm going to talk about this guy, Bill, uh, in a second, who experienced this, this real harm. This is a real story. I'll talk about it in a second. And also, you feel have feelings of hypocrisy and shame in your life. You don't really know what it's like to not feel like with that dark cloud of hypocrisy and shame and that shadow in your life, and you just kind of go along with your life thinking that this is what it will be. But imagine if that wasn't the case anymore. This is Mohammed. I'm going to talk about his story as well. <clears throat> you have feelings of being unmotivated. I'm going to talk about this guy as well, Obi, uh, who just uh, is unmotivated all the time because of his dark shadow, his shame in his life. He's a man of high values and high standards. Number six, you feel unconfident. This is a big uh, harm. You have no self-esteem because what happens when you try, try, and try again to quit something, but you keep going back to it? What happens to your self-esteem? You feel, oh man, I can't do this. I cannot believe I'm still addicted to this. And no matter how hard I try, I can't break free. What does that do to your confidence? What does that say about you to yourself? All right, and this is why it's such a confidence uh, killer. It's distracting as heck if you have not noticed, guys, how much time, energy, focus, and up and down emotional roller coaster are you spending on porn? Not only the act of watching and seeking out and acting on it, but the feelings of emotional roller coaster, of fantasizing about it, acting out, and then feeling like garbage for days or weeks afterwards. How much how distracting is that in reality, guys? It's often more distracting than we actually think. You also have an inability to connect with God and with other people. Imagine for a second that you could stop feeling the hypocrisy in your eyes and you could look at people in the eyes and stop feeling like you're worthless. You can stop feeling like you're hiding something. You can look at your spouse or your match or your parents in the eyes and actually have a genuine conversation without feeling like you're hiding something, right? And it's hard to connect, to connect with God. Imagine if you acted out, watched porn, masturbated one day, and then that evening you were you know, doing hundoke or the next morning you were going to morning devotion and you were, and you were praying to God. How likely is it that you can honestly have a good prayer in that moment? How honest, honestly, how, how likely is it you can have connect truly with yourself and with God and with other people? Very unlikely, all right? It's also spiritual harms, right? We don't talk about this much. Why? Because it's very hard to see. Honestly, it's very hard to know what, what the spiritual implications and ramifications of our porn habit is having on our spirit and the spirit of our future descendants as well. It's very hard to see, but it's a reality that we want to address, okay? And also, this is actually the biggest harm that you can think of, in my opinion, and experience is the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost simply is what are the things that you're giving up because you have this habit in your life? 
What, what could you have done in your life or can you do with your time, energy, focus, and money and attention that otherwise is being used on porn and this distraction that you could be using on something else? This is huge. And when people really break this down, when I talk to men and I ask them to, to list the opportunity costs that porn is, is, is incurring on their lives, they usually break down and they think, man, I did not know how much time, energy, focus, distraction is being is being siphoned from my life and being given to this to this uh, distraction and what I could have done in my life. And then they decide that this is enough and they don't want it anymore. It's huge, all right? So here's a poll of 4,000 young unificationists that High Noon has done uh, over, over the last several years. Uh, High Noon has traveled around the world, again, in many different countries. This is not demographic specific. This is like young second gen or high school, college, and CARP age individuals. So this is really the people in our lives that we are looking to as the future leaders of our movement. And I'm sharing these statistics with you, not because I'm trying to, f to scare anyone, but simply because I want us to understand so that we have a clear uh, informed um, knowledge of what is actually going on in our movement, okay? So everyone of everyone polled, 82% of the males said that they viewed porn in the last six months, okay? And of, of, of all those people, 48% uh, of females viewed porn in the last six months, all right? This is 100% anonymous. These are not, people did not give us their names for these surveys. They're completely anonymous. Uh, so they're completely honest surveys that we received. Uh, just let that sink in for a second, okay? 82% of men in our movement, these are young, uh, plus BCs in our church, and 48% of females watch porn the last six months, okay? All right, so let that sink in for a second. Again, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just trying to give information to help us make informed decisions about our lives. And of those people that were surveyed, 85% have never spoken with a parent before about their porn use. 85% never spoken with a parent. 66% said that they have no one to help them quit. They feel alone and they don't have anyone to help. This is important, guys. 77% believe porn is causing them harm. 77% believe that. And get this, 74% believe it will have a negative impact on their blessing. 74%. That's a lot. 63% have tried to quit porn but have been unable to. They've tried and have not succeeded. And this is what one of them shared, okay? One testimony that someone shared. <clears throat> I started when I was about six years old. My friend showed me it. I started watching by myself at the age of about nine or 10 when I got my first smartphone. But it was always just in the background and it wasn't often. I didn't feel like an addict. But at age 13, my friends told me about this thing, masturbation. I tried it. In the beginning, <clears throat> it wasn't that often, but it got more often with time. After a few months, I realized I'm getting addicted. I tried to stop but it was impossible. It has continued to this day. There were many failed attempts to quit. I got really depressed. I can't stop. Now this is a more dire you know, situation and, and uh, kind of sad, right? And, and real, but it's anonymous and we want to share that with you guys just to paint a picture. But I also want to share with you guys some real stories, okay? Now this is what, what really what um, I love helping guys do and, and women. Let's talk about how to actually have sexual integrity and quit porn. These are 100% real stories, uh, and we have tons more real stories on highnoon.org. If you go to High Noon, you can check out the real stories there uh, and also the programs that they have. We have at High Noon, and I'm going to be talking about that later in this presentation too. All right, so stick around. So Bill, like I mentioned earlier, this is guy. Uh, these are completely random names. I, I'm not using the real names, just so you know, so that's, so that's clear. Bill was very emotionally numb, right? Why? 
Because every time he was experiencing negative emotions, unpleasant emotions, he would run away from those emotions and squash them down through porn and other forms of escapism, such as video games, social media, and anger. And he would do that so much so, from a very young age, 9, 10, 11 years old, that he didn't know how to feel his emotions without some kind of supernormal stimulant to escape. He didn't know how to feel stress without escape. So when I asked him, what is your stress? What is your, what is your trigger? What's your emotional state like? He says, he says, I don't know. And I said, well, that's because you're numb to your emotions. And this is something that many people have developed uh, in the, in this, especially in recent years because with a smartphone it is literally easier to escape right now than any time in all of history. We've never been able to escape so quickly from our emotions in all of history. It is complete, a completely unnatural state of, to, of being to be able to escape to a phone and be stressed out of our mind and instantly relax like that in all of history. We've never had access to that. Right? If you think 100 years ago, 200 years ago, how did people alleviate negative emotions? in a healthy way, in a productive way. Either they would move their body, number one. Number two, they would talk with somebody. Number three, they would pray, meditate, internalize, right? That's about it. Maybe read a book, <laughs> right? But there's really, there's really very few ways to escape. But now it's like you could go to your smartphone, drugs, alcohol, everything is available so instantly. And porn just happens to be, just happens to be the most easily accessible form of escapism on the planet that you can imagine. It happens to be the perfect drug that is completely free to use and will in instantly take you from stress, anxious, bored, depressed, lonely to feeling relaxed in a temporary and very superficial way. Right. So what Bill realized through talking with me and I talked with him, this is a young second gen, by the way, second generation, is that he didn't understand his emotions so much so that he didn't even know why he used porn. And so I started talking about this and I made him every day reflect and check in with me about his emotional state. And over a few months, he started becoming more self-aware. And what happens when you're more self-aware? You understand your triggers more and he didn't need porn and masturbation to depend on to alleviate his emotions, right? Let me remind you guys, negative emotions are not bad. Stress is not bad. Anxiety is not bad. Depression is not bad. These are God-given emotions that, that we, they're human conditions. They're God-given human conditions that we just don't know how to deal with, all right? So the goal is not to eliminate negative emotions, but it's to deal with it in a productive way and not a destructive way. That's the name of the game, all right? That's, this is why some people are more susceptible to addictions than others. This is why some people are more susceptible to anger and stuff like that and things that are destructive to them than other people is because some people know how to deal with emotions. And, and this guy in particular have found, has found that a really good way to, to squash his emotion and become numb to them, all right? So let's move on a bit. Muhammad. Here's a guy who was covered in shame and guilt. When we started talking, it was like he had a dark cloud over his head and he couldn't, he couldn't really look at me in the eyes. He wouldn't even want to turn his camera on because he felt so ashamed of this, right? And talking, just, he had nobody in his life to talk to. He said, my parents won't understand. I can never talk to my parents about this. My, my siblings, no way. There's no, one, no friends of mine I can talk about this because I feel so much shame. And I told him, the reason you're feeling this feeling, uh, you're feeling a need to escape is because of the shame. It's because of the shame that you're actually feeling a, a need to escape. And this is usually why people spiral out of control. It's like they watch porn once and then they feel so guilty and so shameful about it, they try to escape that feeling of shame with what? With more porn, with more masturbation, with more escapism, with more dependencies, with more addictions. And the spiral goes from there. This is why people can, can watch porn masturbate multiple times a day. It's because they spiral out of control with shame and guilt, all right? So what, we, what did we do with Mohammed? 
I started talking with him. I said, you have to find people in your life to talk with. So we started talking with me. Guess what happened? He started feeling better because I showed him grace and acceptance and I saw him for his flaws and I said, it's okay. You're still loved, man. I still love you. And then he saw it was possible to, to receive grace and not feel shame. So what did he do? He started making friends. He went out of his way to find people in his life that he could talk with every day and connect with. So what he did, what he did was he found a few people on Facebook uh, and in, in, in social groups and in church community that he didn't know and he made new friends, the people that he could depend on to talk about his emotions, right, on this shame. And he learned how to, to, to communicate with those people every day and he started talking with them every day because he went from having nobody's life to talk with about his emotions and things like that to having people he could talk with every day and that's what I helped him do. And what did he do? He had victory because he didn't need to escape anymore. He had a way to release these negative emotions in a productive way. That's what he did. And he was like, oh, this is really hard to find people, right? And that's what he kept saying. It's hard to find people. There's no one I can relate with. And I told him really straight. I was like, dude, either, either you find a way to connect with people every day or you stay addicted to porn your entire life. You choose. That's how strong I said it. And I meant it. You choose to find people to connect with or you stay addicted your whole life. And I said, yes, it might be hard. But tell me what's harder. Finding people to talk with and building connections and relationships that are genuine and that you love or staying addicted to porn your entire life. Choose your difficulty. Choose your path. Yes, they might both be hard, but one of them is infinitely harder than the other. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a lot easier than the alternative, which is to just stay addicted. And I was like, yeah, that's your option. Okay, so here we go. Obi, his big thing was he was unmotivated because of his porn habit. He would relapse, he would act out, and also he happens to be a, you know, a college, college athlete, right? Or he's a high school athlete going to college. And he's like, I, I feel so unmotivated to, to work out and to, to exercise and to practice because of this porn thing, right? And he, he felt so unmotivated because of it. And so what we did is we tried to address his root issues. We started to address his root things. And he thought his root issues were, like I talked about, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, social media, seeing people at the gym, right? And I was like, no, that's not, that's not it. That's a very, very, very tiny contributor to your, to your triggers. The real trigger is your internal state. He's like, yeah, I guess so. And so what he realized, his biggest realization was that he was trying to put band-aid solutions on all of these issues. He was trying to go to the gym at the early mornings when, when other people weren't there. He was trying to block all the social media apps. He was trying to block the porn websites with software, right? Which are all helpful, yes, but they're short-term solutions because it doesn't address the real issue going on. And what he realized was his real issue was that he had a crippling uh, dependency on porn and masturbation just to stop feeling stressed. And when he realized that, he was like, oh, my thing's stressed. That's my biggest contributor. I need to address that. I was like, yeah, you do. Because you don't know how to not deal with stress. You don't know how to deal with stress in a way that it doesn't require porn and masturbation. He was like, oh, I was like, yeah. So that's what he did. And guess what? He's doing very well. Yeah. It's really that simple. Here's my, right? This is a real person, my Thurston, who has been uh, publicly sharing her own testimony of, of, of um, quitting masturbation, right? And now she helps many people in high noon, many women in high noon also uh, have sexual integrity, right? And her big thing was growing up in our movement, going to workshops, and, and people would talk about masturbation, but usually it was only the men that would talk about masturbation, right? And she would felt so much shame and guilt as a female, as a woman that struggled with masturbation that she felt, I can never talk with anybody about this. There's no way I could talk with, about this with anybody. So she would always just hide it and feel ashamed and just run away and escape to the point where she, she felt like she could never talk about this with anybody, right? Until she came to a high noon workshop in 2017, 
and she saw brave women publicly sharing their own struggles with porn and masturbation. And she realized, wow, I'm not alone, first of all. And actually, it's okay to talk about this. And so she started talking with her mom, her parents. She started talking publicly and sharing her story. And now she talks publicly at our workshops and high new workshops. And she is helping women with their own struggles, right? It's beautiful. And how she do this? Well, she addressed the shame that she was feeling, the fear, the fear that was she, she was feeling. And in the process, she learned that, oh, wow, I'm not unworthy. I'm not a piece of garbage because of this habit. I'm not unworthy of God's love and grace and the grace from other people. But actually, as she started to practice talking about this and being truthful and honest about it, she realized that, wow, I have nothing to fear. And that's what really helped her. And it all started with one basic question that all these people were asking themselves, which is the most important question, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> all right. It all starts with what you want, okay? So you can ask yourself this right now as kind of a mental exercise. What do I want in my life in regards to career, finances, my passion, my relationships, my marriage, my blessing, my kids, my family, the impact I want to make, the contribution I want to make in this world? It all starts with what, what you want. And the reason this question is important is because no matter what anyone says, everyone's around the world is saying porn is fine, it's natural, it's around every corner of the internet, everyone is doing it, it's totally acceptable. But as a person of faith, of genuine character is this something that you want and if you outline what you want in your life the blessing you want in your life the family you want in your life the impact you want to have in this world can you be that person with porn in your life and ask yourself that honestly can you be that person that you want to be to eliminate this discrepancy in your heart which is the discrepancy of my actions and my words are not the same and that's why I feel shame the discrepancy of my vision for my life is not aligned with what, what I'm doing every day, masturbating and watching porn. The vision for God that God believes me to be, for me to use my sexual organ in a healthy and productive way, in a holy way, that is for my wife or my future wife or my husband or my future husband, is not in line with my action of watching porn and masturbating and isolating myself. So ask yourself, what do you want? Envision that for yourself and ask yourself, can I be that in everything 100%? Can I 100% love my match, my, my spouse, my future spouse, if I have this dark habit in my life? Can you honestly do that? What if this was not an issue for you anymore? How would you feel? How would you feel if you didn't have the wasted time, energy, focus, the up and, up and down emotional roller coaster, the feeling of shame and, and feeling like garbage after acting out? Imagine if you didn't have that anymore. What would you do without ex, with that excess time, energy, and focus? What could you accomplish, right? The opportunity cost is often much higher than we think. So I want to address this question here. <clears throat> Why do I watch porn even though I don't want to, right? As a person of faith, as a person that does not want this in your life anymore, as we've established, why do you watch porn even though it causes you so much harm, all right? So here are some common beliefs that people believe why they use porn. And I want to kind of go through a process of disproving and debunking these as the, the most important thing. There are reasons why these are important, but they're not the most important thing, okay? One common belief people have is, I, don't, I watch porn because I don't have enough willpower, and that's why I will use porn. Almost everybody that goes through a porn addiction in the early stages of trying to quit, they go online, they watch YouTube videos, and they join the NoFap community, and they believe that if I just had more willpower, if I just pushed myself more, then I'd be able to quit, all right? Let me debunk this for a second. How many people in this world have incredible willpower but have crippling addictions, all right? In other words, how many, what are, who are the people in the world that have the most willpower that you can imagine? Who are the people? Athletes, celebrities, business owners, right? 
Athletes especially, incredible physical will, willpower and determination. But how, how many of them have crippling addictions to stuff, to drugs, sex, porn, alcohol? We don't even know because they're mostly done in secret, right? But how many of them? So many. So it's not true that Tiger Woods lacks willpower. He has more willpower than most of us to be the top in the world, one of the top golfers in the world. He does not lack willpower, but has crippling addiction, right? Terry Crews, Terry Crews, big buff dude, had a crippling addiction that he's beaten since then, does not lack willpower. <laughs> Michael Phelps does not lack willpower, all right? So let's debunk the belief that it's a willpower issue. It is not a willpower issue. It's a root cause issue. It's an emotional issue. It's a deeper issue. Another reason people say, I watch porn because I have a high sex drive, quote unquote. People say, I have such a high sex drive and I need to release and therefore I have porn, right? This is similar to somebody who eats junk food every day. Let's put that picture back up in your mind, right? Burgers, pizza, McDonald's, junk food, fast food, lollipops all day, every day, and says, I eat junk food because I'm hungry. <laughs> it's like, no. People believe, are led to believe that they have a high sex drive because they watch porn, where in reality, they have a dependency on porn just to alleviate these emotions. That's what's actually going on. You don't have an overly high sex drive. You have trained yourself to be aroused by specific types of content that is training your brain over many years, many times, to believe that this is what arousal is. Now, let me remind you that there's a difference between genuine sex drive and something that is trained through porn and masturbation. And people usually think that I have a high sex drive because of XYZ. It's actually training of the brain. A genuine real sex drive is when you can have a genuine relationship with a woman, with your wife or a husband, and not have fantasy or looking at them through the lens of what is attractive, what is not attractive based on years and years of training of the brain through porn, social media, and media, etc. If someone is really genuinely hungry, they would go for a plain breast chicken, chicken breast, <laughs> with no seasoning, no salt, no sauce, and be perfectly satisfied. Someone who is, is not hungry, but just bored and artificially hungry will go for the McDonald's every time, all right? It's a strange example, I know, but this, you get my point. Another belief people think, uh, I use porn because it's everywhere, it's unavoidable, okay? If this were true, that the only reason that people use porn is because it's everywhere, then everybody would be addicted to porn, all right? Yes, many people are. Right? Tons of people are, but not everybody is. There are many, many millions of people, in fact, that don't watch porn, that don't masturbate, that have beaten this thing. So it's not true that just because it's everywhere means that you have to indulge in the stuff, okay? So don't let this belief consume you and say, oh, it's everywhere, it's unavoidable, and I might as well give in. Because let me tell you, many people have given up porn and they never needed to go back to it, right? Another common belief, I use porn because of spiritual factors, right? There's a devil on my shoulder and the Satan is out to get me. He's crouching at my doorstep. Yes, I believe that spirituality is a contributing factor to porn addiction. However, big, big however, <laughs> it is a very, 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 very tiny percentage compared to the real issue, all right? And that's what I'm getting to. All of these beliefs are small contributors to why people use porn, but it's not the whole story. Yes, they are valid. Yes, if you have more willpower, you'll have a higher chance of beating porn. Yes, there is sex drive that's involved. Yes, it is everywhere. Yes, there are spiritual factors. But if you just address one of these and say that's the main issue, then you're gonna miss the actual issue going on because you're not addressing it. You're only addressing part of the issue, part of the equation. None of these explain why we choose to do something we don't want to do. None of these explain why we choose to do something that is bad for us, okay? Porn is an escape. This is why people use porn. Porn is an escape. It's an escape. 
It's a dependency to escape difficult situations, unpleasant emotions and situations to the point that you depend on it just to not feel those emotions, just to live your life. And it just happens to be the easiest escape imaginable. And this is what I tell guys, especially men that I'm talking with who have a severe porn addiction, I tell them when they come on a call with me and they're, and they're just feeling just the shame and the hypocrisy and they're just clouded with the hypocrisy and guilt in their heart. And I tell them, hey, look at me. You're not weird. You're not some perverted high sex drive fiend of a human being. You're not stupid and weird and you're not unworthy to sit and stand in front of God and your community and your family. You're not. You're not weird. You're not weird. You're not weird. And I just keep saying that until they break down. Sometimes twice this happened, men just break down in tears, right? And why is that? Because we believe that we're weird and somehow strange and out of the ordinary. But here's the truth of the matter. You're addicted to porn just because it's the easiest escape imaginable. Think about it for a second. There is nothing as stimulating, as free and accessible to use than porn. There's nothing on the planet like it. It's a perfect storm of addiction. And that's why almost everybody that is walking around on the planet, you know, 80 plus percent of men and 40 plus percent of women in our own movement walking around using porn, it's not because they're weird and strange or whatever. It's just because it's easy to escape. Imagine for a second that cocaine of all the drugs, if cocaine was as easily accessible as just taking your phone and shaking it and cocaine would fall out and it was completely free, Guess how many people <laughs> would be addicted to cocaine? More people, probably most people, right? It's just that porn is an easy escape and it's instantly available, it's hyper-stimulating and that's what's going on. That's it, that's it my friends, all right? So stop thinking that you're somehow shameful and unworthy of anything because of this. Yes, it's destructive, yes, you've made mistakes, yes, you shouldn't because the person you want to be does not have this in your life, right? If that's what you want, then no, this is not gonna help you get there. And if we've established that, then the rest of this presentation is for you, all right? So I hope you understand that. So a big question people have, what's wrong with a little bit of porn? This was my one of my biggest burning questions I had, is what is wrong with just a little bit of porn? If you watch porn once a year, is it gonna kill you? If you smoke once a year, is it gonna kill you? If you drink alcohol once a year, is it gonna kill you? And this is the justification I constantly made for years and years and years and years, and many people do, is it's okay occasionally, what's the porn? And I'm gonna have three reasons for you guys uh, as to why right now, when you're really feeling triggered and you're feeling the justification monster kick in and saying, you know what, you've been doing good. It's been months and months, it's been weeks. You haven't acted out. Here's you know, a little something just to help you relax, just to help you alleviate stress. If that monster rears its ugly head, I want you to think about these three important reasons. Number one, one session always leads to another, all right? It's called a chain addiction for a reason. One session will always lead to another. Like I said, people who start smoking a cigarette don't think in 10 years they're gonna require a pack a day just to function, right? Alcoholics didn't think they'd be you know, face to face with a judge or with their spouse or threatened to be kicked out or losing their job because they had it one time. That's how addictions are formed, right? People are facing dire situations in their own marriage and their wife or husband, or usually wife, is looking at them in the eyes and saying, hey, you either give up porn or this is the end of our marriage. People in those situations don't think that when they started, they'd be in that situation. It's an addiction for a reason. So you can think when, whenever you have this reason, oh, it's just a little bit of porn, it won't, it won't hurt me. Just know that one session will always lead to another. It will. That's how an addiction is formed. And don't think that you're some kind of special snowflake that you just won't be addicted, right? Let me ask you honestly, you're here right now, aren't you? 
with this habit. You're, you're here still using the thing. So isn't there a reason for that? <laughs> Let's be real, all right? Number two, you will never figure out the root issue. This is a big one. If you keep going to porn when you're feeling the most stress in your life, the most anxiety, the most depression, the most isolation, and you just want to escape, if you always use this Band-Aid solution to escape those feelings, you'll never actually be able to address the root issue. Because stress in itself is not bad. Anxiety is not bad. These emotions are not bad. They're not, in, they're not inherently evil things. They are unpleasant, yes, but they are God-given human conditions that we are given for a reason. And if we squash down those emotions with more escapism and more supernormal stimuli, what happens? We never figure out how to live our lives. We never figure out how to address these issues. And that's what happens when you only use it occasionally, only when you're stressed. Let me tell you a quick story of a guy I was talking to whose wife had separated from him because he had this crippling addiction that he, he was found out in his, in his marriage, right? And he was so stressed. He was so stressed because his wife had left, right? And he was talking to me and he was saying, you know, I really just want to watch porn. I was like, why? Because I feel so stressed and about my marriage. I feel so much anxiety. This is the most stressful time of my entire life and I just want to escape. And I was like, well, you have two options. You can, you can use porn to escape this feeling, yes. Or you can use this as an opportunity to prove to yourself that you don't, don't need porn anymore, right? Because imagine for a second, you went through this entire you know, separation, whatever happens, you might get back together, you might divorce, who knows, but you went through that entire ordeal, the most stressful time in your entire life, and you never went back to porn. How much confidence would that give to you to go through that entire situation and be like, man, I have been through this jungle. I have been through the pits of hell in my stress, and I didn't go back to porn. That's a belief that you can put on, you can etch into your mind because you know that you can, you've been through this before and anything life throws at you from that day forward, you will know that you've been through worse and you can overcome it, all right? Number three, you will never know the feeling of full integrity and confidence without shadows and shame. If you go to porn even just a little bit occasionally, you'll never know that feeling of not having this dark cloud of hypocrisy in your mind, of shadow in your heart, that discrepancy of hypocrisy in your heart now, let me tell you a quick story of a guy who is, is, who's blessed, right? And his wife made him join a program, a high noon program. And, and, and he, I asked him, you know, why do you want to quit porn personally? He's like, oh, because, you know, because my wife, because if I don't, she's going she's gonna to leave me, right? And I was like, that's a very good thing for you to join, right? But why do you want to quit porn? He's like, I don't really have a reason personally. And so I asked, I asked a different question, which is, if you weren't married, right? Let's say you get divorced or God forbid something happens. Will you go back to porn? He was like, yeah, 100%. I would absolutely watch porn. And I was like, interesting. And I told him very straight, I was like, as long as you don't have a personal reason to quit porn, then you never will. Because as long as you're making the, the primary reason because my wife wants me to or because of my future wife wants me to, right? Which for a lot of you guys is the truth, if we're honest. Because of my future wife, I don't want to affect my future wife or my future kids or whatever. As long as the reason is anything other than I see profoundly how much this is impacting my life right now, right now, not in the future, that it forces me to quit. I see so much so the cost that this habit is, cost, is incurring on my life. The opportunity cost of having this in my life is so high and it's so painful that it forces me to quit. That's when people change. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wait until you're in a marriage, until you're in a relationship, until you're blessed, until you're face to face with a spouse who's saying it's either me or porn. You don't have to wait until then. 
to see the impact so profoundly in your face. But right now, you can look at your life honestly and say, how has this impacted my life? How much more could I do and be if this wasn't part of my life anymore? What would it feel like to have full integrity and confidence in who I am without this, this dark cloud of hypocrisy weighing over my head? Imagine where you could go, right? So th what this guy did after I told him that, I said, you have to figure out what porn is causing, costing you in your life to the point that you feel the impact and you want to change and quit. You're never going to quit. And so he realized on his own, he said, on our next call, he said, I realized that I cannot be a 100% loving person to my wife or to anybody if this is in my life, even just a little bit. He said, I'm giving, I feel like I'm giving 95% or 90% of myself and my love to my wife and to people around me. And I can't fully be me if this is part of my life. And I was like, bingo, you've got to get rid of this. And he's doing very well. Okay, so how to stop? Here's a big question y'all have, right? How to actually stop. I'm gonna make this really simple for you. I'm gonna give you some frameworks. And if you do these things, I promise you, you're gonna progress. I promise you, I guarantee it. It might not be hard, easy, I mean, but you gotta do it, right? So number one is to decide. You have to make a decision right now in this presentation, right now. It's a yes or no decision, okay? No, I'm gonna think about it. No, uh, let's see what happens. Let me see what happens next time I act out. And if I act out again, then I'll tell somebody or I'll do something. None of that. You make a decision right now, okay? <laughs> We're going matrix. Either you take the blue pill and you live in a world where porn and masturbation are part of your life and you always have it in your back pocket as a way to escape anytime you want. That's your decision, okay? You decide to keep porn and masturbation in your, habit, in your life or you take the red pill. If you take the red pill, it means that porn and masturbation is eliminated from your life forever. It's like a magic type of plan, pill. It is, porn masturbation is gone from your life forever and you never have access to porn ever again. However, the catch is that you would still want to. In those times of great stress and anxiety, you would still want to, but you would not be able to. Which pill would you take? Now take a second to think about this, all right? And I know it sounds like an easy answer, but if you're really honest with yourself, and, I, and sometimes I talk with guys and they say, actually, I don't think I would take the red pill, red pill. I think I still wanna keep porn and masturbation in my life. But I want you to be honest here, because if you do not take the red pill, you will always keep porn in your life. But if you're ready to make a decision to get rid of this, if you're ready to, in this you know, mental process, this mental exercise, if you're ready to take the red pill and get rid of porn and masturbation, then I want you to proceed with this presentation and do the steps that I'm about to tell you. If not, then, then I don't know. I don't know what you can do, all right? So here's what you can do. So to help you make a decision uh, about quitting porn, red pill or blue pill, you can ask yourself this question, what is the cost of keeping this habit? Now, I alluded to this before, but the, really the important question is, what is the cost of keeping this addiction in my life? And when you understand, understand severely how much it's impacting you, then you would be able to change. And that's really the first step. And the second step for you is talk to a parent, all right? Now, the reason that this is important is because the reason that a lot of people have a porn addiction in the first place is because, because of the shame that is, that is happening. Because the feeling of, if somebody knew this about me, I would not be worthy of their love or their grace or their acceptance, all right? But let me ask you the worst thing that could happen if you told somebody about this habit. What's the worst that could happen? Maybe hypothetically think about it, right? The worst thing that could happen is maybe a parent is disappointed or upset, right? What's the best case scenario and the most likely scenario is that this is something that you need to do and it would be helpful for you regardless of how somebody re responds to you sharing. The most uh, realistic 
uh, and, and real situation is that you feel really good that you told somebody about it. And also what happens when you tell somebody is that it sends a very, very strong signal to your brain and to your body and to your spirit that this is not business as usual, that things are gonna change and you're gonna be doing something serious about this and you're actually gonna quit. Like I said before, the reason many people keep a porn addiction in their life is because underlyingly, they have a secret agenda to keep it longer than they actually need. So the idea of telling somebody is not because they're afraid of the reaction, but it's more to do with the fear and the knowledge that they have to give it up. They have to be serious about it. If you tell your spouse or your parent or a, or a pastor or a mentor, matching supporter, whoever, that you have a porn habit, that means you have to get serious and you have to change and you have to get rid of this crutch that you've been relying on for so long. And that's why it made you guys decide before, red pill or blue pill. If you took the red pill, it means you're ready to tell somebody, okay? Now, here's the thing though. If you're not ready to tell your parent for whatever reason, I have a solution for you, okay? If that's you, here's your next step. Get in touch with High Noon, all right? High Noon is your bridge. It's your gateway to talking about more openly about uh, these emotional issues, right? About porn, masturbation, okay? Now, High Noon has a YouTube channel, podcasts, and also programs that really will help you to be in an environment where you can talk openly about porn and masturbation. If you're serious about it, which if you're this far in this presentation, that means you are, okay? Let me remind you guys, when I, talk, when I say, you know, um, feeling, feeling connected and feeling accountable in your life, the reason that most people fail in accountability partners is because they are using accountability partners the wrong way. They usually tend to, you know, call up their accountability partner or their parent or whoever in their life when they're really face-to-face -face with a decision to watch porn and not watch porn. It usually means that they're at the edge of the cliff and they're deciding to jump or not jump. So they, add, they call them and say, hey, I'm really triggered. I'm really feeling an urge to act out. What do I do? And they rely on the accountability partner to, to help them to make a decision, right? The reality is that there is nothing accountability partner can do in those moments except say what? <laughs> they can say, don't do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Don't jump, right? But that's it. That's the extent. The better way to use an accountability partner is to address the root issues and emotional triggers far before they get to the edge of the cliff, far before they make those decisions, those micro decisions to watch YouTube channels that are not good for them or not, you know, sexual nature, to watch Instagram, whatever, to watch movies and TV shows that are a little raunchy that they know they shouldn't watch before they even get there, before they start fantasizing. They, they stop and they realize, hey, I feel really stressed. I feel really anxious today because of work or because of my, my relationships or because of school or whatever and I don't like this feeling and I know that I, I feel this feeling to this tendency to escape and I want to escape I just want to go to my room and just watch YouTube or just watch anime or manga or whatever noticing that and then telling somebody in that moment accountability partner whoever parent spouse I feel really stressed today and I know that I, I tend to want to escape and do things that are not good for me, like spend three hours on YouTube or <laughs> watching anime. And I know that's not good for me. And I'm just telling you this because I don't want to go down there. I'm just finding a way to release that um, the stress and feeling that I'm feeling in a productive way as opposed to a destructive way, right? That's, that's called beating porn without talking about porn. Isn't that amazing, right? And so the more people you have in your life that you can talk about emotional things without addressing porn, that's the way to victory. Because if I told you, you have to talk about porn with people to address porn, guess what happens? The people you can talk to is like two people, one person maybe. Many of you, zero people, three people. There's not a lot of people you can talk about porn, that's reality. But how many people in your life can you talk about emotional struggles? 
and stresses and anxiety and boredom and loneliness. A lot, like 10 times more people, right? 100 times more people. So that's the name of the game, guys. That's how you beat porn without talking about porn. And the other issue, if you just focus on talking about porn with people and saying, oh, I feel triggered or I feel aroused, what you're actually doing is you're masking the real issue. You're trivializing the actual issue and you're not addressing the root issue. You're trivializing the fact that you have emotional dependencies on porn and masturbation to alleviate these emotions, but you're not actually talking about those things. You see where we're going? So I've seen this over and over again, and I prescribe to men every day, you have to talk more frequently and openly, specifically with men, if you're a man, women, if you're a woman, with your dad, with your mom, with your brother, with your sister. I'm not saying you gotta talk about porn. Yes, there are people that should know about your porn habit. Specifically, parents should know about your porn habit. Specifically, a spouse should know about your porn habit. High noon can know about your porn habit. But you don't have to tell everybody. You just have to talk about the emotional issues. And the bigger your support system is, the more chances you will have of success. I promise you, I guarantee you, I see it every day in people, all right? So those are your steps. Number one, decide what you're gonna do. Number two, talk to a parent today, just do it. If you can't talk to a parent yet, then take a, a, a micro step to get there, which is to get in touch with High Noon, join our group, join a program, and we'll help you along the way, all right? So now we have an opportunity for you guys, all right? This is Shaq giving you an opportunity. I wanna give you an opportunity to really decide what you wanna do. Take the red pill or take the blue pill. If you wanna take the red pill and, and get rid of this porn thing forever, then that's really what you need to do. Go to highnoon.org if you want to join a program. If you wanna take the blue pill, God bless you, we still love you. Eventually you will get to the point where you wanna take the red pill. Also, by the way, if you're unsure if you wanna take the blue or red pill, join the program, a free program at High Noon, and guess what? As you start to learn more about yourself, as you have these discussions, I think you will realize that you wanna take the red pill. That's really the, how the programs are designed. So even if you're not sure, even if you do take the blue pill, I wanna give you an opportunity. Shaq wants to give you an opportunity <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to take the red pill and uh, meet us there, all right? If you found this presentation valuable, I want you to share it with somebody that you love, somebody that you know is struggling, or somebody that you, you have a friend, you have a friend <laughs> maybe that is struggling with porn, uh, porn addiction, uh, share it with them. I really, really hope that you enjoyed this presentation as much as I like giving it. Uh, lots of love to you guys. I'll see you in the next episode.